0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen the last couple of ones I've done have <laughs> sounded good. <laughs> and then there was like one where there was something wrong with the connection or, or something. And there was like a bunch of just noise that I'm like, oh, crap. It's like I'm turning. I'll, I'll try to edit that out as much as I can. But yeah. it's, it's good when it's like, OK, everything's sort of nice and clear and there's not a lot of yeah
1: <laughs> I, so. I have enough of that in my own speech pattern where I don't need any more extra <laughs> um uh yeah like uh
0: <laughs> I'll fix that post I mean uh, I I I do it for myself so it's like uh let me take out a couple of the ums for the other person too <laughs> That's good. and just make us all sound yes, very professional. eloquent
1: can you edit out my dog who is sitting here and chewing on the loudest bone possible? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I don't That's hear good. anything, but sometimes if if nobody's saying anything and I see some noise kind of in the track and stuff, I'll uh, I'll take some. I tried of that to out. give him
1: a escape bone, and then I just try to give him something filled with peanut butter, so maybe that'll keep him busy. But I'm sure as soon as you're like, "Hey, we're here to talk about," he'll come over here and pants pants chew. <laughs> so. That'll
0: be good. Yeah, it's it's always nice to have a little uh, dog noise. <laughs> yeah, it on a makes podcast, you feel right? At home, right? Yeah, and it, it makes everything seem more <laughs> sure. authentic and real. Yeah, we're not like these guys in the studio in studios that uh, you know have Dogs sponsors and stuff. Across
1: the floor, you know, put that battery on that smoke alarm. Come on now. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just can't figure out <laughs> which one it is. is. Let it be; it'll be fine.
0: It sounds like it's coming from this end of the house, but oh, I can hear it all so the way in this end. Don't get
1: me started. <laughs> this is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is high quality entertainment. i right well,
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you're saying. Not. I'm glad you're saying it because I'm definitely thinking it. <laughs> Welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam Catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Are back! Happy Halloween ish, everyone! Uh, Brandon on the Better Band podcast today with my guest Peter Entonic. Hello there, Hello. Brandon. What's going on? Oh, just uh, getting the decorations up and uh, picking out all the good. Hmm, what's your favorite candy? What's
1: your favorite Halloween candy there?
0: <laughs> uh my favorite candy uh well, I'll, i'm about to go into a bit that you don't know probably anything about but it's just an excuse for me to say a uh, lifesaver but what flavor lifesaver Green, pepo mint or traditional All right, I'm glad I asked. yeah i see was you expecting
1: <laughs> just almond joy or hershey's but
0: uh no not a, oh, not, a I'm not a fan of the coconut it's too, it's too hmm, waxy
1: for me. All right. Well, more for me. Yes. <laughs> but
0: uh, we're not here to talk about candy. We're here to talk about Pearl Jam and specifically this and specifically the song Crazy Mary. But uh, first, I do need to ask you,
1: uh, Peter, when did you first hear I of I, Pearl Jam? I uh, first heard of Pearl Jam probably in the midst of the 10 era. Much like most people, just seeing the Jeremy video and oh, you know that's a cool band, that's interesting. And then I believe I picked up uh, my copy of Ten through either Columbia House or BMG. Did you ever have one of those, like the twelve CDs for a penny deal? Um, oh yeah, that's how I got. I, I believe uh, of the I've Doll. been trying to think of this. I think I got that, maybe two ACDCs, uh, a Motley Crew. I'm trying to put together my 12 that I got for a penny, um, but I believe 10 was one of them. So thank you, uh, Columbia House, for that.
0: Did you ever uh, Did you ever pay the full thing for it for, I, I think, you supposed
1: to do? <laughs> I may have gotten caught with a couple where <laughs> like, oh, I forgot to send back the no, and now I have to pay $18 for in utero or whatever, but... Yeah, I got stuck with a couple of those, but not too many. I was a kid; I don't, I didn't know what I was doing.
0: Well, that was the, that was the move to be like, uh, it's like, oh yeah, get all these CDs. Oh, now you you have to pay a uh, full, like you said, like eighteen bucks for this uh, CD you could have gotten for you know ten bucks well, or whatever. To go, oh, what are you gonna do? It all worked out. Yeah, but then again, you you just you <laughs> just don't pay it, and then that's how you go bankrupt. That's how you that establish
1: bad credit when you're 12 years old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, the, the, those uh, those companies went bankrupt because they were doing that. And it's kind of like, we can't really send some kid to collections. Yeah, for well, I was scared, so I paid the
1: money. So they made out on me. Oh, okay. Cool <laughs> like you, they went bankrupt on, but I kept them in business. <laughs>
0: Oh, so uh, you blame me yeah, okay, yeah, sure,
1: specifically
0: yeah, it's all right i'll take the I'll take the hit for it um, so this song is from the sweet relief uh charity c d for Victoria Williams after she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis bunch of people got together and recorded covers of her songs and put it out and said, hey, we, uh, she needs some money because we're musicians and we don't really have insurance. Jonathan Cohen.
2: Sweet Relief was a benefit album to raise money for the medical care for Victoria Williams, who had MS and was a very well-known singer-songwriter at the time, a very respected one, and the musical community really rallied around her. Uh, Crazy Mary was a song that she had written And it was suggested to the Pearl Jam guys that they may want to take a crack at it. And they recorded it around the time that Versus was tracked. And, you know, in that era when basically every Pearl Jam song was getting radio airplay, here was another cool song that was not on an album that got tons of play. And it was a little bit of a different sound for them. It was fairly acoustic and kind of down-tempo. And years later, it became a staple of their shows as sort of a a display of virtuosity between mike mccready their lead guitar player and boom gasper their keyboard player where they would sort of have a showdown on it and you know really raise the roof every night so that song has a lot of meaning for pearl jam and for pearl jam fans that's correct
0: yeah and then uh the she released a song later on her album Loose, so I think this was put out by Pearl Jam before she That's even put so the song out.
1: I'm looking to you for these uh, in-depth answers that I have questions for. Um, so that CD, the Sweet Relief came. Sweet Relief came out in '93, and her CD came out in '94. Every song on that CD was already released except for Crazy Mary. So was Pearl Jam yep. friends with her? Was that an unreleased song? Uh were they did she like write it for them and it just hadn't come out yet? Like what's I, I'm having trouble with that timeline of how they got a hold of it before it came out. Uh I I don't know specifically.
0: So I'm going Sweet. to make up a story. And then it'll be entered into the public record and uh, somebody can update the Wikipedia and have this as a source. And uh, that's how All I right. become rich. And famous. I have Wikipedia Wait, no, open and ready. In, uh...
1: I will uh, transcribe it as you talk. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I, I think they probably, I think Victoria Williams had this song written and recorded somewhat ready to go on the album on her on what was to be her next album but then with medical stuff and everything like that it was kind of getting pushed back and so they they heard the song in its you know pre-released form and then decided to record that song for her uh, for her benefit CD and which is I think why they wanted her on the song too, because it was like, oh well, you know, she hasn't even put it out yet, so let's at least give her uh, a little uh, uh, taste of of being on it. Yeah, too, gave it a little kickstart for, for
1: when her version actually came out.
0: Yeah.
2: She lived in a curve in the road, an old tar paper shack, the south side of the town, on the wrong side of the track.
0: Sometimes on the way into town, we said, Mama, can't we stop and give a ride? Sometimes we did, but she shook her head and her hands flew from her side. Wild-eyed, crazy Mary.
1: That's a good story. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that that's that's, uh,
0: that's kind of how I see it. I could be completely wrong. Listeners, if you have the real Excellent. story, let me know. And then uh and, the, and then I'll issue all my corrections and apologies at the <laughs> yeah, end. That, that's here. what the last episode
1: <laughs> of the season is for, for uh, corrections and apologies. I like that.
0: Oh, exactly. <laughs> as you as you know from my end of season for 10, which is obviously aired Bef- uh, before we recording this, right? The, these
1: allergies that I have are yeah. clearly my fall allergies, not my <laughs> summer allergies.
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, it's been months and months since the uh, Women's World Cup has been played yeah, in I the still United still mind States those fireworks
1: in the background of my house.
0: <laughs> Jaws playing in the background, you know, uh, other 4th uh, of July-related stuff. I'll definitely edit that <sighs> one. <out. laughs> um let's see um da, 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 da. yeah marianne williams not marianne <laughs> williams she's running for president victoria williams <laughs> victoria williams uh said about the song quote a fantasy i suppose i made up out of some facts uh, as about uh an old lady who of course like lived in the shack uh, down the road you know, just kind of by her by herself, that everybody called crazy and everything. And you know, if you don't really have a home, chances are that's kind of how you end up that way. But um, then a uh, a car just like crashes into it and kills her, just driving around crazy on the road or something like that. And and that's how. And that's sort of the real story behind the song. But the uh, the Pearl Jam version, um, I think you know of course sounds different than the victoria williams version of it how do you how do you think it it works as a cover compared to uh, even though it's a cover before people got to hear the original
1: you've covered a lot in that little sentence and i'm going down my notes so if you don't mind me going back and kind of dissecting what you have to say is this the first Pearl Jam song that you've covered that wasn't written by the band, so I, we can debate the cover as it being like it didn't come out yet. But this is the first song that you're doing that, if we dissect the lyrics, it's not what Eddie Vedder is thinking; it's what someone else is thinking. Is that correct?
0: Uh, no. Um, it, there is the, also the uh, Beatles cover that they did back in the 10 era of oh, yeah, uh, I've Got you're a right. Feeling. I forgot about
1: that one. Because, I'm sorry, I was just thinking, like, I have all the lyrics here, and I've I've always thought in my head, mm-hmm. like, I'm picturing a video. And I guess that's kind of what I've gathered from Victoria Williams fans, is that her lyrics are very... Uh, she can paint a picture very succinctly with her words. And, and this song in particular, like... I mean, I've heard it a million times, but I I can picture the video in my head. So she does a very good job of that. I think when Pearl Jam does it, it's definitely got a different vibe, like to go back to your question. um, They're both good. Like I like the original version and their version. But to me, without knowing what she said about it, I always had kind of a different theory about what it was about. Um, you mind if I go through kind of, and, uh, we can dissect it a little bit. Are you okay with that? <laughs> so I have the no, lyrics here, for it. which is funny because it's off of one of those websites that someone just typed them up and <laughs> the part where she spells out loitering, they spelled wrong. So <laughs> it's like, that's the <laughs> easiest part of the lyrics and you couldn't do that. So it makes me wonder like why you couldn't, uh, do I trust the rest of it? But. <laughs> little country store with the sign tag to the sign said no l o t e r i n g a regardless i I find that to be funny. When I think of a song and i it's weird that I think of it differently when she sings it and he sings it because mm-hmm. it's almost like I can picture him as the narrator more than her. It changes my my view a little bit, but uh obviously they're talking about like you said the the crazy woman in town who lives on the other side of the tracks um, you always want to give her a ride but when you try to she's throwing her hands up in the air which i always equate to the crazy cat lady from the simpsons that's i'm just picturing <laughs> her like you know flailing cats and and walking away crazily so that's the kids so the kids are in the back seat they see that that's what they're growing up with those are the first couple lines. After that, you fast forward to them being a teenager when it's um, like the old blue car we used to race, and you're down by the Parsons place. And it's I picture them just hanging out, you know, drinking as teenagers, racing their car back and forth, and that's in that side of town. Um, which the whole that's the first part of the take a bottle, drink it down. I just assume that they're teenagers and they're drinking in the summertime. So, uh-huh. next verse, or whatever you call it, one night, the thunder cracked, uh, you're dreaming when the narrator, which I take as Eddie, is dreaming about flying high above the trees and seeing Mary rising up above it all. Like that part always gets me. Like I picture him seeing her almost like her soul leaving uh, like above the house because she just passed away. But then it turns right into. The next morning into town, you know, saw some skid marks. I always Uh took that as the night before. It wasn't a premonition or a dream that the narrator was drunk driving, killed her, woke up the next morning, didn't remember it. And it like it was a flashback. And I guess to go with a Victoria Williams version of why she wrote it or how she wrote it, that the what you fear the most can meet you halfway. That's always the part that I... Can't really wrap my head around. Like, for her, I think she was saying that because Mary was afraid of the car, it was ironic that the car killed her. But I always think of it as the narrator was always, always had a drinking problem and they didn't want it to get that far. And ironically enough, it got far to the point that he killed someone. Is that like too deep and somber and sad or is that? Go in theory, or am I just totally crazy here oh' no
0: i I, th- I think that probably a lot of people might have that same interpretation of it um like i think that uh yeah that that's what it is too it's you know you're hanging around I remember back when I was younger uh there was a uh there was a seven eleven and a and a general store out by where I lived and my friends and I would ride our bikes and grab up as much change as could fit in our pockets and just get like candy and you know some not, not sodas enjoy, and right? stuff like that. Uh, lifesaver? No no. Oh no. <laughs> no, not lifesaver. Uh uh the, for for me, uh mm. hundred grand of course is always a, a a good uh good candy. Uh Twix and uh Milky Way I think are my, uh, uh, my top three. Candies, if I'd have to say, uh, but uh, we'd you know just be outside the uh out the side of the the store or whatever with our bikes and kinda drinking our sodas and talking and eating candy and stuff before we go and ride our bikes back home and stuff, but um yeah i, I think that it it's definitely just a bunch of people who are drinking and stuff, and then it's like a drunk driving thing, and I think the uh dreamed I was flying high above the trees and over the hills is actually the car crashing and you getting shot out of the car. And so you are mm-hmm. actually flying, you know, above the trees and you can look down at the house as you're kind of being ejected from it. And I think that, uh, you know, you don't really say, you know, the next morning on the way into the town, I saw some skid marks. It's just to the left, just sort of next morning on the way into town, saw some skid marks and followed them around. It's like, you don't really know who the subject of that is. It could just be somebody else. And, and I don't know if it's sort of you're afraid of somebody else. Oh man, I'm lost it. I'm. <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> That's I don't know <laughs> what I got.
1: <laughs> I, I'll try to tie it to, I, I had a question in the middle of that. So let's uh-huh. try to like, you can try to, plug this in the middle if it fits. Um, are you insinuating that you think it's not the narrator that followed the skid marks? It's like someone the next day following the skid marks of the narrator that crashed into the house or is this, maybe it's just so up into you know interpretation. Maybe that's what makes a song good, right? Is yeah, that I, all I, kind of a different version of it?
0: Uh, uh, personally, I think it could be. And I think that, you know, it seems like a dream because, you know, if you're drunk and, you know, you don't really know what's going on, you know, it's like, oh, hey, I was, uh, you know, passing bottle around, bunch of my buddies. And now you're kind of, uh, oh, I got it. Now you're, you know, you're ejected out of a car and it seems like, hey, I can't really fly. Oh, this must be a dream. You know, it's not not really Mm -hmm. real life. And it could be that, you know, that person's. Family, you know, is like oh, was always hangs out with a bad crowd, and it's you know something's gonna happen with that person, and you're just kind of like ah, you know, it's don't worry, family, you know, we're we're young and we're doing what we want to do, and you know, you kind of you know afraid of Mary, who's just kind of like ah, you know, I think she's crazy, don't know what's gonna happen with her one day. You're afraid for your family or your your child or something. It's like ah, they're hanging out with kind of a. Uh, iffy people and stuff like that they get drunk out over here and stuff and you know they might drive drunk and sort of your that which you fear the most could meet you halfway it's sort of both of those sort of fears it's kind of you know scared of mary scared of the people your kid are hanging out with the people your kid are hanging out with crash into that house and you, you were scared of maybe mary doing something to your family but that sort of is related because, well, they did crash into her house. So that's kind of the, the culmination, the, the meeting halfway of, I got both of those fears. Yeah.
1: That's obviously that's kind of the, I don't know, the focal point, I guess, if you're looking at the, the lyrics or I don't know, I always think of it like uh, if you see someone with a Pearl jam tattoo, there's like, you know, a handful of lyrics that everyone uses. And I always think that kind of sticks out. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen one that anyone had, but you know that what you could fear the most can meet you halfway. It has so many—I don't know—it's so open-ended. Like I like something that's open-ended where it makes you think and it's relatable to you, and everyone has their own opinion. But that one's almost so open-ended to me that I don't know. Yeah, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like uh, there's too many things. I think it could mean, and I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad, but. I still love the song. I just, uh, that part always, I always wonder what really she's going for or what I think they're going for, how it relates to me.
0: Yeah. I think poetically it's just a great line and a great sentiment sentiment because it is so sort of open-ended and I think it, it immediately sort of brings different people's minds to different places. Right. Is it ironic it that
1: uh, is it ironic that a song that is potentially about uh, killing someone while you're drunk is the song that when they play live they pass around a bottle of wine? I mean, that's not <laughs> exactly uh, like to be totally transparent. I am straight edge, which I don't drink or smoke, so like I can't relate to yeah. this. I guess, but like I just think it's funny that if I was like, "Hey, let's put out a song about." Mother's Against Drunk Driving, it should be about this. And then he takes it and, eh, we're all going to get drunk while we sing it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of kind of weird. But that's okay. It's, it's, you're celebrating her life. You're not celebrating that you killed her. But <laughs> potentially, you didn't kill her, Eddie. I'm sorry, I just mean, you know, someone killed her.
0: Uh, I think, too, that that's, you know, that's th- that chorus comes back again after the people, you know, have died it's just sort of okay now this is the funeral this is the wake you know now it's you know now you're celebrating the the person's life or whatever or you know maybe it's like oh you know you come from you you know you're an alcoholic family and you've you know sadly passed that on to your kids and that's what's happened to them and you know your your fear of my alcoholism is going to end up in my ruin you know ends up ruining your child's life and so that's the other halfway of 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 your fear meeting you too so it's like well there's nothing to do now but just keep drinking you know
2: That what you fear the most could lead you
1: Right. Wow. Did, did you think we were gonna get this deep when we were talking about this song? I oh, know. This is a. <laughs> this, is, this is. I don't know if it's the direction I thought it was gonna go in, but. I mean, I brought it up. That's how I think the song is. So I guess.
0: Oh, you you didn't get my script for exactly everything <laughs> we we're gonna see for this episode.
1: It's a. It was all. Oh uh, yeah. Hold well, uh, on. We'll, exactly. Let me look up page three. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, interlude. Uh, go to next subject. <laughs> Check. I'm back on track.
0: Right. No, it, it's a, you know, and, and I think, too, at least just for part of how I am, you know, if I look at this, you know, or listen to it a couple of days from now or something like that, I'll get something completely different out of it. I think that just... And that's that's once, what makes a
1: good song, right?
0: Yeah. That's that's what makes good good people, that you gotta be able to see things from different points of view, or you're just kind of like, oh, I'm not gonna be steadfast, and even if people bring me facts that lead me to the contrary, I'm not gonna bend, being kind of like, know hey, no, maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't uh, do some of these things that are hurtful to other people because maybe I should take them into consideration. Oh, that's deep. I'm with you.
1: <laughs> Since I brought it up, can I go on another tangent about uh, how this is a kind of a live staple? I don't know if you were going to go this way. Oh yeah, um, go
0: ahead. I got. I got it in my notes too. We got a. We got yeah, transition. So let somehow. me see. Uh,
1: transition to live. Yes. Yes. I'm right on. Right on track <laughs> with the script here. So. Uh, I have a funny story about it live, and then we can kind of maybe go into, I don't know if you have any of your favorite versions. I was at a, I haven't seen this live very often. For as often as they play it, I always miss it. The first time I actually did hear it, I think it was a tag on Better Man, which does not happen very often. I think it's only happened twice, and that was that was in the era of them Uh, Almost like they were trying to work out how it was going to sound, because it did not sound like it does today. So I think I caught it like that on my first two shows. Haven't caught it since. The only other time I heard it was at an Eddie solo show. We were in the upper deck, and there were two guys in front of us, shirtless, who were yelling, play Crazy Mary, play it for the (laughs) entire show. They finally played it. It was the second to last song uh, on the encore. (laughs) As soon as they started playing it, they like looked at each other and they just screamed. They were super happy singing it it ended It went into the next song and they immediately yelled play crazy Mary. <laughs> and I'm like, geez, did you not just remember that you heard it three seconds ago? So that was kind of my introduction to it. Like I didn't really know it up until then. So, uh, I just, me and my wife always remember that. Like, they was just like, Oh, that's a joke. Then it's play crazy Mary. Cause those two drunk guys wanted to hear it very badly. But, um, after that, haven't heard it at a show, but it's become one of my favorite songs. I kind of hate that one of my favorite songs is a cover, but <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. But uh, I mean, I, I'm always looking for it. Like when I see a, a bootleg or whatever, I, I don't want to judge the whole bootleg by one song. But I'm like, oh, you know, go by, go through and see, you know, how this song is or how this sounds. And there's a couple of great versions out there. Um, do you have any favorites? Uh, If you're a bootleg collector, any favorite Crazy Mary versions? Um,
0: Not really. Of the, um, I guess, of the 16 shows that I've been to, they've played it at eight of them. So I've seen it at half the shows I've been to. Yeah. I think part of it is because um, on their Riot Act tour, uh, once Boom joined the band, I saw them uh, five shows in a row. And they played it at every single one of those shows. I think that that tour, you know, once they got boom in and he was playing in the solos with, uh, with Mike, that it really, it, that it gave it new life where it's kind of like, Oh, Hey, we can go back and forth on these solos, just jam out. And I think that they were just real into that, which is why they, they played it so much on that stretch.
1: Yeah. That era, boom, joined the boom, joining the band. Definitely. Like gave that new life, whether it was planned or they just played it once and they're like, hey, that really works. Like, you know, if you're looking at the stats of how often they play it, like it jumped considerably yeah. once he joined the band. So, and that's good. I mean, that makes for a good live performance, you know, um, uh, I I enjoy it. It's obviously mostly a uh, song that they put in the encore. Although I've just recently, I don't know, maybe it was just when I was looking up this for this podcast um I can't believe they've opened a show with it twice yeah but that just seems uh, phenomenal to me and one of them was at Madison Square Garden which I just you wouldn't think they would switch it up like that but uh mm-hmm. I don't know I guess that's why they're a good live band right like they switch things up and give you what you don't expect and there's always uh, always something out there for you something different
0: yeah I think th- this because the uh the song came out like in a sort of that small sort of window between versus and vitology and Pearl Jam fever was just super, super on fire. And I remember hearing this on the radio all the time, at least from, from where I am just because just like, Oh, we just need more Pearl Jam songs to play. Let's go ahead and play this. And it wasn't as I think, uh, uh, abrasive as animal or go. So it was something that could kind of, of, be more sort of oh okay this is sort of like a mid-tempo sort of thing it's not gonna really get people on edge it's something that you know a lot of people will be able to to get into a more sort of pop uh sort of song
1: yeah ironically exactly what they didn't want to do in that era right like
0: yeah their well, yeah, other exactly. songs
1: were on your rock radio but this could have been on your not your easy listening but like your more mellow channels and that's they didn't even want to be on the Rock channel, no less on the top 40 channels.
0: Yeah. So. so the stuff everybody can agree on,
1: even the boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hate That's what I listen to in the office every day. And that's, kills me. If only they'd play Crazy Mary on that channel, but they don't. They play. Yeah,
0: they can get into it and it's like,
1: okay, everybody, let's start drinking. Yeah, pass the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bring that up with the next board meeting <laughs> i see if they're into it um let's see are there any other
0: whether um were there specific live ones that you because you you said you just saw that just that once live or twice
1: uh yeah yeah i think i've seen it uh, i saw it as a tag i saw it once at a pearl jam show and once at an yeah, that's right. okay. solo but even just i was thinking like other bootleg versions that are really good um the one maybe it's just because it's newer, and maybe this is something that you fall into or I fall into a trap with their bootlegs. Is that the more recent ones sound better? So maybe I think mm-hmm. that it's a better cut. But like the one from Let's Play Two, uh, the Chicago shows, mm-hmm. I love that version. Yeah. But is it because it's good, or is it because the sound is infinitely better than you know something from the, the early 2000s? I don't yeah. know. The Benaroya Hall one, the acoustic from 2003. I just stumbled on, oh, it was a couple couple months ago now <laughs> since this has been aired, but uh, it was on the Pearl Jam channel on uh, Sirius, and they did like a, was it for vinyl? Something when they released something on vinyl, so everything they were playing sounded like it was on a 33, and uh, they played that whole bootleg on there, and I'm like, wow, I've never heard this acoustic version before. It's a good version. Um, I can only find it on YouTube, and it really crappy version so i'm hoping i can find something better for it in the future but i uh, know there's a couple of good bootleg versions out there that i not that i collect every bootleg but you know you, you can't you don't hear it very often and when especially when it's not on a quote-unquote real album so you kind of have to dig for it so i feel like most of the versions i hear are live because there's only the one version that was on the uh was on the bonus yeah. uh bonus episode bonus episode bonus (laughs) version of versus in 2011 so for being rare it's like a rare hard copy but it's not rare to be heard because it's on every other show or every other bootleg so i don't know i feel like it's uh it's well known but it's not well known you know like the the public doesn't know about it but uh, the the people who go to shows often it's kind of i would assume everyone kind of has a little you know soft spot for it that everyone likes it but Maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's one of my favorites. That's all I know. Yeah. So you don't have the, uh, you don't have the Benaroya Hall. Uh, I do not. Um, for being an OCD collector of random stuff, I do not have that CD. Are you telling me that I should mm-hmm. be going out and purchasing this CD?
0: No, I'll say maybe, maybe if you, if, if, uh, if it's something you you really like listening to, uh, I might know some guy, a shmandin shmalomo who can uh, mm. get you a uh, a rip of that. But uh, that, would, that would, of Excellent. course, be illegal. So that guy's going to get in a lot of trouble. I would yeah,
1: uh, I'll have to connect on his, uh, what is it, LimeWire or uh, <laughs> uh, whatever else I used to get my bootlegs from. Those are the good old days. Oh, yeah. What happened to
0: those? <laughs> Back <laughs> in the Wild West when the music industry got destroyed.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Napster. Oh, I
0: love that. Is there uh, is there any other stuff that we gotta hit on to this song to to close the book and oh. say that this is all you need to know about it?
1: Um I think that's all I have. Um unless you have anything else I feel like I've bantered on for long enough about one five minute song.
0: No, no, that's a
1: <laughs> No,
0: that's uh that's that's pretty much all I all I got. All I've been able to, to get from in my research and the dissecting it thoroughly. Very thoroughly. Yeah. Oh, I guess got to mention that Brendan O'Brien played the uh, organ on the uh, recorded version.
1: Hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Um, Have you ever heard the version? I think it was the second time that I'm talking to you, you probably know this. You're like, duh, this is obvious, but I just found it today. Um, the second time they played it live, um, she came out and played it with them. Oh, really? And I'm like, I've never heard this version before, and it was pretty good. Um It is on YouTube. It was from November 17th, 1993. So anyone out there who wants to hear the second time they played it live, there it is. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, cool.
0: I mean, yeah, I knew, yeah, yeah. I like, mean, yeah. I know everything. Yeah, you were
1: there, and you. you know, uh, yeah, oh, he, he, I was yeah, yeah. the ticket stub, and <laughs> I'm just I'm talking to the people out there who are the the common fans like me, not the super duper fans. So <laughs> I can relate to the people in, in that aspect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's uh, yeah, the the common people <laughs> oh, you below me.
1: <laughs> I'm the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> uh thanks for thanks for coming on good talking to you
0: about pearl jam and uh basically just effing around trying to be funny
1: yes i enjoy it i appreciate you having me oh yeah is there uh anything
0: that you have social media or uh projects you want to plug or things that you like that people should uh go out and look for
1: Mm, ironically i do if uh this is totally off topic of pearl jam, but if anyone is a fan of professional wrestling, I have a podcast. It's called the 20 by 20 podcast. That's a 20x20 pod, P O D. We talk about wrestling, we talk about local sports, we talk about a whole bunch of nonsense and all the social media is the same. It's 20 by 20 pod, P O D. So, check us out. And we also may have a we may spin off a musical podcast that does something like uh, someone I know that goes song by song of certain bands. So if you can uh, put me in touch with someone like that to guide me along, maybe I'll uh, have them on as a guest in the future.
0: Oh, the uh, the Prince track by track podcast? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. he's Real good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know that guy? Can you hook uh, me up with him? He sounds like a good guy. Oh yeah,
0: because I stole his idea of doing this. And oh, wait a oh, minute, yeah. are you talking about mine? You're going to steal my what? idea that I stole? <laughs> uh,
1: uh, my time is uh, running right <laughs> like, right oh, I guy guy gotta go. Um... Well, look at the time. That's uh, oh, there's someone. Uh, I have a trick or treater at the door knocking, so I have to think about candy. Uh, they're a couple weeks early. Oh well, maybe. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <I don't... laughs> you tell me. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on? I'm just trying to banter my way out of here.
0: Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll 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 talk to each other again.
1: All right, thank you very much, sir.
0: The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo, and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Share alike four license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All Music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ListenUpReno. I am also on Twitter at BrandonP at B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the upcoming season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Peter, and as always, this is Brandon saying... Well, you can't go wrong with cocktail weenies. They taste as good as they look.